I absolutely loved the night of worship. Didn't you guys? Wasn't that awesome? I love that. I want to say thank you to every volunteer. You know, we saw some people on stage, but there are a lot of people that were not on the stage that made night of worship happen. And you know who you are. And I want to say thank you so much. In fact, if you were part of that team, I want you to stand right now all over the house, every campus. I want you to stand up. I want to applaud you. I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I saw men and I saw women that were serving and they were soaked. They were soaked because it was raining. And in the Bible, rain is uh, a symbol of God's blessing. So I know it's inconvenience to us, but God was showing out. God let it rain out on us because God, no doubt, was praised and he's worthy of our praise. And so I love that. I love what happened. I loved getting together with you guys. I love watching our young people worship. Didn't you love that? I love that. I love the invitation. I love the, the boldness of people to walk forward in front of other people. That's different than raising a hand. That's different than heads bowed and eyes closed. But to get up on that stage and say, God's working in me. That's what it's all about. Today, we're going to close this series, and I can't think of a better message to close this series with than really the whole title of the series has been what? Edify. Edify. And today, that is my purpose. In fact, this whole series was a special series for you so that we could edify the church. You see, edify means to build up, or literally the Greek word from which we get edify or edification from, it means to build, get this, it means to build the house. That's what it means. So whenever we are edifying each other, we are building the house of God, which is you, people. And so this message I'm excited about because I believe that this is going to edify the church. Let me tell you what else will edify the church. And that is September 17th, Beach Baptism. That'll edify the church. We sing that song, build your church, build your church. Well, every time that someone takes and makes a public profession of faith, and they say, yeah, I wanna be identified with Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I invited Jesus into my life. I've trusted him to do for me what I can never do for myself. And when we take them and we put them in the water and we raise them up out of the water and it symbolizes the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, that builds the church. There's no greater picture of building the church than when someone gives their life to Christ and they take the first step, which is, I almost said beach baptism. Here at the beach, it is beach baptism. But they take that first step of baptism. That's first base. Now listen, if you were a kid and you got sprinkled, or if you're a kid and you got dunked, but since then, you've said yes to Jesus. Like this wasn't someone else saying yes to Jesus for you. This was you saying, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I want you. If you've not been baptized by immersion, since you said yes to Jesus, this baptism is for you. And so I want you to sign up. You'll see right behind me, momentumchurch.org slash baptism. It's on the 17th of September, 9 a.m. And we're going to meet right behind the restaurant right there, Crabs. And it's going to be amazing. 
hey, make plans, hang out with us afterwards. We're gonna eat some good food and we're gonna celebrate. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians, in fact, we may back up and read just a little bit of chapter four. And while we're doing that, I'm pumped because of the next series that we're gonna do is called Secret Sauce. Secret Sauce, it's gonna be awesome. I like sauces. I put a little pepper jelly on a turkey and Swiss sandwich. It was like bourbon, bacon, pepper jelly. And I said, yes, 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 and yes. And I put it on there. I like sauces. And so we're going to talk about your blessed life ever. Secret sauce starting next week. Bring somebody. Bring somebody. Don't miss it. Let's stand, would you? Let's stand for a couple verses. I'm going to read some scripture today. And I think it's good because it's, it's not the commentary on the word of God that changes our life. It's the word of God that changes our life. So let's get in the word of God. First Thessalonians 4. Let's jump into this. And let's look at verse 15. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. In other words, those who have dead, they've died, they're dead um, in Christ, which means they're actually alive in Christ. Okay, they're gonna get the head start. Now watch this. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, because he's a great commander, with a voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. You know the purpose of the grave for the Christian is resurrection. The purpose for the grave of the Christian is resurrection. It is the door. Death is the door. So humanly speaking, we oftentimes, we are scared of death. We don't want to think about death. We don't want to talk about death. Last thing we would ever want to do is go to a funeral. But God says that it is beautiful in heaven when a saint comes home and death becomes the door. And so those who have died, they will rise from their graves then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up. That's from that Greek word there is where we get the English word rapture. We will be caught up in the clouds to meet who? The Lord. Where? In the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Watch this. So, or in other words, so because of this, so that, watch this, so encourage each other with what words? These words. Edify means to build up. Comfort means to encourage. So when it says, so encourage each other with these words, Paul is saying to the church of Thessalonica, he's saying, listen, when someone dies, we are to comfort them. We are to encourage them. How, I, I get how we would comfort someone when someone's died, but how would we encourage them? We would encourage them that if their loved one is a Christian, they're not dead. They're alive. They just changed neighborhoods. And so to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so because of that truth, we can comfort one another. Now you're going to see this word again. Let's keep reading chapter five. Now concerning how and when all this will happen. Now look what I just did. I backed up a couple verses because where my text was going to start, we would have missed the beginning. You ever hate missing the beginning of a movie? 
I don't want to walk into a movie late. I want to get there. I want to get there right before all the other. I want to get there, get my popcorn, my Coke. I don't want to walk in 15 minutes late to like the movie started because it messes it all up. So sometimes when you begin to read the Bible, you'll begin at a place that actually we have chapters that break it up. But before there were chapters, it kept going. So you just get into the middle of a thought. So you back up and capture the whole thought. Now concerning how and when all of this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write to you. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly. Let me say this. Uh, right now, it's man's day. Right now, man's having a heyday. Right now, man lives for themselves. But trust me, there will come a day where it's the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. This day will be the day that the Lord has made. And we as Christians will rejoice and we'll be glad in it because we will be caught up in it with him forever to be with Christ. So he says this, you know that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman a woman's labor pains begin. Women, is that suddenly? That's suddenly. And there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. For you are all children of the light and of the day. Did you know that? Children of the light. We're children of the light. We're children of the day, and we don't belong to darkness and night. I just want to clap right there. I just want to say thank you, Jesus, that we don't belong to darkness. We don't belong to, to the night, but of the light. So because of this fact, verse 6, be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert. Stay alert. Someone say stay alert. And be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. For those, or for God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ and not to pour out his anger on us. That's why I believe in the pre-trib rapture because the tribulation is God pouring his anger out. So how could we comfort each other with these words if Christ was going to come at the middle of the tribulation or the end of the tribulation? That would not be very comforting to us Christians. But because Christ is going to take us out just like he saved Noah and his family and then the floods came, he's going to take us up and then the judgment, all hell, will break loose. So because of this, watch this, because of this, because that God's not pouring out his anger on us, Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him, someone say forever. forever. All right, here's verse 11. Here's my text. So encourage each other and build each other up or... Edify. 
the King James, the New King James, a couple other translations use the word there, edify. And in your Bible, it probably have a little asterisk. And if you look in the real small fine print, if you read that, it will say edify right there. And so to build each other up or to build the house, just as you are already doing. Thank you guys, you can be seated. The hope of the resurrection is mentioned in this book at the closing of every chapter. First Thessalonians, Paul writes, and we have five chapters, and at the end of every chapter, he mentions Christ's return. And I wanna give you three reasons why you and I can be encouraged. Three reasons why you and I should stay encouraged. First off, if you're discouraged, it means that you're depressed. If you are discouraged, it means that you are depressed because of something on the outside that has gotten on the inside. Wow. I know what it is to be depressed. I'm not looking down at you. I'm not talking down to you. If you would say, I'm, I'm depressed. I want to give you a reason to be impressed, not depressed. Actually, three reasons. Number one, the resurrection. That's the first resurrection. Jesus is alive. And as Christians, we get excited every Easter. We go buy new outfits. We get family pictures. We bring out the Easter bunny. We get the eggs. We do the baskets. We do all kinds of stuff. And, and a lot of people come to church Easter Sunday that normally don't come. Why? Because that seems to be the day Christians are most excited seems to be the day that as Christians, we truly believe what we say we believe 364 other days of the year. The truth is Jesus is alive as much today as he was last Easter, as he will be next Easter. Jesus is alive. So encourage each other with these words. The resurrection is the first reason why you and I can be encouraged. There's a guy in the Bible in Acts, you read about him in Corinthians, he's mentioned. His name was Barnabas. Actually, Barnabas is how you know him. His real name was Joseph. And the apostles gave him a nickname. They gave him the nickname Barnabas, which meant son of encouragement. Barnabas was an encourager. You read about him first in Acts 4, where he takes property. He lived an island life. Some of us, you know, we, we love this beach life, island life. He lived in a beautiful island and he had a field and he sold the field and he brought the money to the church leaders. And he said, here, use this for God's purpose. This was the first church. This was the first congregation. And he encouraged, no doubt, whoever the pastor was of that church. And he encouraged other believers because with that generosity, the church was able to move forward. Son of encouragement. God wants you and I to be encouraged. And as Christians, God wants you and I to encourage others. And when we encourage others, we build them up. We build them up. And that's what this series has been all about. Four different messages, but God wanting to build you up individually and to build our church up collectively. You know, our church is a local church. But we belong, we're like a microcosm of something way bigger, but that doesn't make it any less when we talk about the local church, but we're actually part of a universal church, all right? And so there are two different things here, but God wants us as a local church to be built up, 
And there are other great churches in this area, local churches that preach the word of God. God wants those churches to be built up, to be edified. Why? So that we can go out and make a difference in our communities. So that we can take people who are lost and dead and dying without Christ, and we can get them across the line of faith. The resurrection of Jesus, the fact that Jesus is alive, ought to encourage you and me. It's number one. Number two, the promises of God. The promises of God. God says, hey, don't, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed or depressed. Why? Because God is with us. He is with us. That's a, it's a promise, but it's a fact. So wherever you have a trial, wherever you have tribulation, God's already got promises. And that promise is like a trampoline that will get you off the ground. It'll help you go higher. It'll help you rise higher than you've been. It'll help you. It'll give you a different perspective. That's what God's promises do. And in this text, we see the greatest promise of all, which is our third reason to be encouraged. And that is that Jesus is coming again. Maranatha. Maranatha, the Lord is coming. Jesus is coming again. Why should I not grow faint? Why should I not become weary in doing good? Why? Because Jesus is coming again. Why should it not get old that I'm on a serve team? By the way, on this earth, we are to serve Jesus. And any Christian, any Christian that never wants to serve is either a spiritual baby or they're spiritually dead. It's one or the other. And so we have to teach those that come to Christ that we are saved to serve, that we're saved to serve. Serving isn't a curse any more than working isn't. God created work. God gave Adam work before sin ever happened. Work wasn't part of the curse. It was by the sweat of your brow. Now you're going to work before I guess he didn't sweat. That'd be cool. Before work, he didn't stink. He hit a grand slam and still be like, oh yeah, I still smell good. But work isn't a curse. And so what, what are we doing till Jesus comes? We're working till Jesus comes. We're serving God by actually serving others. So if you're serving at this church, I'm proud of you. But more than me being proud of you, God is proud of you. God is proud of you. So we are encouraged, one, because of the resurrection of Jesus, two, because of the promises of God, and three, the greatest promise is that Jesus is coming again, and guys, get ready, because it's getting closer every single day. And our text says in verse 11, watch this, so encourage each other, or that word encourage, comfort each other, and build each other up, edify. Build each other up, edify. We build each other up when we encourage each other. When you, when you get to that campus early, and you serve, and you're setting up, and someone crosses that line of faith, oh, you just encourage the church. When, when you're parking cars, like Navarre, shout out Navarre. Last week I was at Navarre, Navarre, I'm telling you, it was a great parking experience. I was like, these guys got it together. That was building the church up because you were making it easy 
from the streets to the seats and back to the streets, you are making it easy for someone to come hear some good news. So we build each other up. When you love each other, you build each other up. When you forgive each other, you build each other up. When you're not selfish, instead you are selfless and you put others before yourself, you build each other up. You do that. In our church, I want to commend you. I want to applaud you. I want to recognize you because our church does a great job at building each other up. And don't stop now. It says, just as you are already doing, turn the page. Watch this. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. You're to honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and they give you spiritual guidance. You know the actual outcome or, or like, like the profile of a spiritual leader is their labor. Jesus labored on the cross. And so as a minister of the gospel, the proof's in the pudding, I'm to be a hard worker for Jesus. They work hard among you and they give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their, someone say work, work. And live peaceably or peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. See someone who's lazy, warn them. <laughs> Encourage those who are timid. Watch this. Take tender care of those who are weak. It's like Paul now all of a sudden, man, it's rapid fire. And he's, he's just throwing some darts here. Watch this. And, and these are good. He says, take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. Woo, why you got to put that in the Bible? It's easy to be patient with some people that I don't normally have to be patient with. But when I'm around some people that I'm always required to be patient because that's hard. Verse 15, see that no one pays back evil for evil. Oh, that's hard. Boy, that do away with uh, Christian road rage right there. But always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Always be joyful. Has the devil got your joy? Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle. Or I like how a couple versions say, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Watch this. Hold on to what is good and stay away. Stay away. Someone say stay away from every kind of evil. We're to be encouraged. We're to be engaged in building up the church, which is what the word edify means. And if you're discouraged today, if you're depressed today, I want you to remember about the resurrection, that Jesus is alive. I want you to remember that his promises are for you, which means he's with you. So go to the promises. God, God's promises are the deal.
Get to know God's promises. And then number three, don't forget, hey, Maranatha, Jesus is coming. And so because Jesus is coming, let us take this seriously. Let us build up the church. And every time you serve, today I took out one of my friends that I love so dearly, take him to lunch. We had some things to talk about. And, uh, you know, the waitress at the beginning at Doghouse Deli said, uh, is this going to be one check or, or separate? I said, it'd be one check. At the end, the waitress acted like we were totally done. We were good to leave. And, and I said to the waitress, I said, uh, oh, I need the one check. I, I need the bill, please. And she smiled. She said, it's already been paid. And um, I said, what? She's like, yeah. I said, who paid for it? And uh, my friend and I were both surprised because neither one of us had paid for it. <laughs> and she said, there are two ladies around the corner who said they knew you, recognized you, they love you, wanted to pay for your meal. Oh, wow. That encouraged me. I was there to encourage somebody else. And oftentimes, when you are constantly encouraging someone, we forget what it feels like to be on the other end of encouragement. And that encouraged my heart so well. So even as you and I are encouraging others, and building up others, let us continue to do so. Why? Because big picture, because the day of the Lord is coming. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're a Christian and you are not ready for the day of the Lord, you're not ready for Jesus to come back, I understand. You, you can change that today. Whenever we talk about the day of the Lord, whenever we talk about the rapture, in times, it either makes people that are anticipating Christ's return excited, or the people that are struggling and not living right, it, it makes them afraid. And my friends, you do not need to be afraid of Jesus coming back, unless you're living in the dark. So today, you can cross from the dark to the light, from the night to the day. Today, whatever's between you and Jesus, today, if you'll confess it and forsake it, you'll have mercy. But you got to confess it to God and you got to forsake it for God. If you're a Christian today and you say, Pastor Tim, there's, there's some things between me and my Savior today. I needed this message. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not even the fact that like, you're out and you're living in wild, rebellious sin. Maybe it's the fact that you're just struggling within. Maybe you're struggling and you are discouraged. You are depressed. You are, you are hurting. God knows and he cares. And I'd like to pray for you. Would you raise your hand up if that's you? No one looking around. It's between you and God and your pastor. Would you hold it up high? Hold it up all over. That's right. Let's go, Golf Breeze. Hold it up high. Come on, Pensacola. Hold it up. Be honest. Navarre, hold it up. You're watching online. You, you know, put a hand right there on the screen. Hold it up. Blackwater, you've been discouraged. You've been living depressed. Hold it up. God, I pray for my friends today that this word, this truth, this promise would encourage us. It would encourage us for some of us, God, who are missing our relatives who have gone before. 
But because they know the Lord, we do not cry as those that have no hope. So God, we are encouraged today. We are built up today. And we say, even so come, Lord Jesus. God, for those struggling with sin, I pray, God, that you'd give victory from the sin and the weights that are slowing them down. I pray they confess it and forsake it. And I pray, God, that they'd receive your mercy. In Jesus' name, with heads bowed and eyes closed, we never like to end a gathering without giving you an opportunity to allow Jesus to become your Savior and your Lord. The gospel starts at the beginning that everything was good until sin entered the world. Sin came because of man's rebellion. God said, don't. Man said, forget that. Let's do it anyways. And their eyes were open and sin entered into the world. And because of that one sin, it, it literally started, it became the genesis of a domino effect that has touched all the way from Adam and Eve to you and I. And sin is spread throughout this whole world. It's why bad things still happen, not because God isn't good, but because man is sinful. When tragedies happen, we think, why would God let that happen? No, 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 it's not anything to do with God's goodness. It's everything to do with man's sinfulness. And that sin is against the Savior. And the bad news is you'll be judged and you'll die for your sin. You'll die physically, but you'll die spiritually in a place called hell. That's all the bad news. But the good news is while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Why? Because Christ is for us. So Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood so that you and I could be whiter than snow. Our sins could be removed as far as the east is from the west. That God could bury our sins in the deepest sea. And that's good enough for me. And if you today would call on the name of the Lord, he'll save you. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Would you pray with me? Would you repeat after me? And do not, you're not praying to me or through me. We're going right to God. He's listening. He's leaning in. Pray with me, would you? Would you say, Jesus, I am a world-class sinner and I need a savior. I believe you love me and I thank you for your love and all that comes with it. I believe that you bled and died for me. You were buried and rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. And today I ask you, Jesus, to become my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. I receive your life. Now teach me how to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Now nobody move. This is a holy moment. Don't move. If today you prayed that prayer for the first time, heaven is already celebrating. Angels in heaven are throwing a party on your behalf. Because the devil lost another one. And we want to celebrate that. Today's your spiritual birthday. Heaven knows your name. We're going to ask you to raise your hand in just a second on the count of three. I'm going to ask you, don't be shy. I'm going to ask you to hold your hand up high and keep it in the air very high until our host team can get a blue bag in your hands. That blue bag is important. It's not junk mail. It's resources to help you in your faith. So on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to hold that hand up high. 
and keep it up till you get that bag. We're gonna clap, nothing funny. We're not gonna embarrass you. We're gonna celebrate you. Are you ready, church? Look here, everyone looking up. Look right here on the count of three. I want you to shoot that hand up, hold it up super high. Let's go. We're celebrating you today. The devil lost another one and heaven gained another one. On the count of three, here we go. One, two, three. Right now, I want you to hold it up high. Hold it all the way up. Let's go. Come on, hold it up across all campuses. I want you to hold it up. Yes, keep it up. We're so proud of you. Oh, this is so good. Listen, that's the greatest thing you could have ever done. Let's clap for him one more time, guys. Let's go. That's what it is all about. Listen now, that's not the end. That's the beginning of your story. Go tell someone and tell them this. Jesus made me new. That's all you got to say. Say that to somebody today. Jesus made me new. All right, we'd love to hear it. We got people out in the lobby. Man, we'd love to connect with you. You got a New Believers New Testament. You got a booklet in there and some other goodies that we'd love to walk you through and just kind of help you with that bag. I want to say thank you for coming today. We got a little treat for you because I know how much you guys love this song, Build Your Church. I want to, let's sing it together. Build your church. Let's go.